Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I could be doing better if I didn't have all these allergies, but... Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. But we got some exciting stuff to talk about. We had All-Star Weekend this past week. We had, of course, more of the NBA Finals. That's going to Game 6 tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, we get to talk about what's happening. And I'm ready for it. Let's do it, bro. All right, so the MLB uh, records this last week. Of course, with the All-Star break, it was a short week, so not many games played. But here we go. From the bottom to the top, the Orioles went 1-2 and two in the American League. Rangers 0-2. Royals 1-1. One one. Twins 1-2. One Tigers 2-1. Angels 2-1. Yankees 1-2. Indians 1-1. One one. Blue Jays 2-0. Mariners 1-2. A's 2-1. Rays 1-2. Astros 2-1. Red Sox 1-2. And the White Sox went 2-1. Out in the National League, the Diamondbacks went 0-3. Pirates 3-0. Rockies 1-2. Mm-hmm. Marlins 2-1, Nationals 0-2, Cardinals 1-1, Braves 1-2, Phillies 2-1, Cubs 2-0, Reds 1-2, Mets 0-3, Padres 1-1, Brewers 2-1, Dodgers went 3-0, and the Giants went 2-1. Did you just say the Pirates went 3-0? They did. Weird. I know, right? They haven't been doing very well, but coming out of this week, they've been doing all right. So, is it a sign of things to come? I doubt it, but hey. Yeah, right. Get, give your fans some hope, Pittsburgh, <laughs> because your football team might not. <laughs> but we'll get to that uh, later on this season. <laughs> Are you ready for the standings? Oh, yes. In the American League, out here in the east side in the American League, we have the Red Sox at 56-37 with a 6.021 percentage. Cheaters. <laughs> the Rays are 54-38 with a 5.87 percentage and a game and a half back. The Blue Jays are 46 and 42, 523, one percentage, and seven and a half back. 
The Yankees are 47 and 44 with 516 percentage and eight games back. The Orioles are 29 and 62 with a 319 win percentage and 26 back. Out west, uh, sorry, not out west. In the Central Division, <laughs> White Sox are 55 and 36 with a 604 win percentage. The Indians are 46 and 43, 515 or 517 win percentage and eight games back. The Tigers are 42 and 51, a 452 win percentage and 14 games back. The Twins are 39 and 52, a 429 win percentage and 16 back. The Royals are 37, 54, and 407 win percentage and 18 games back. Now out west, the Astros, the other cheaters, are 56, 37 with 602 win percentage. How is it that they're matching the Red Sox? They are cheating both. Maybe they are. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, the A's are 53 and 41 with a 564 uh, win percentage and three and a half back. The Mariners are four are five games above 500 at 49 and 44 with a 527 win percentage, seven back. The Angels are just a game above 500 at a 505 win percentage and nine games back. And the Rangers are a lousy 21 games under 500 at 3556 at 385 win percentage and 20 games back. Back here on the east side in the National League, the Mets are 47 and 42. A 528 win percentage. The Phillies are 500 at 45 and 45 and two and a half back. The Braves a game just under 500, 45 and 46 with a 495 win percentage and three back. The Nationals are six games under 500, 42 and 48 with a 467 win percentage and five and a half back. Whoa, <clears throat> Flem out of nowhere. Sweet. Mar- uh, the Marlins are 11 games under 500 at 40 and 51, 440 win percentage and eight games back. In the Central Division, the Brewers are on top, 55-39 and uh, 585 win percentage. The Reds, four games above 500 at 48 and 44, 522 win percentage and six games back. The Cubs are 46 and 46, a 500 record and eight games back. The Cardinals are 45 and 47, two games under 500 at 489 win percentage and nine games back. The Pirates are 20 games below 500 at 36 and 56 with a 391 win percentage and 18 back. And out west, the Dodgers are trailing the Giants. I was going to say Giants, um, the Dodgers are ahead, but I was reading it wrong. Both, though, have 58 wins. The Giants have two less losses at 33. The Dodgers have 35. Giants, 637 win percentage. Dodgers, 624 percentage, and thus a game back. The Padres are 54 and 40, 574 win percentage, and five and a half back. Uh, the Rockies are 40 and 53, 430 win percentage, 19 back. And, of course, the lowly little Diamondbacks. 42 games below 500, a 277 win percentage at 20 and 68, 33 and a half back. So, we are ready for some news. All right, so you ready for that news, bro? Let's do it, man. Well, it turns out we are not the only sports guys on the Shohei Otani bandwagon. Colin Coward of Fox Sports recently discussed Otani's greatness, calling him better than Babe Ruth. He pointed out that Ruth was, Ruth was more known for his pitching while a member of the Boston Red Sox, where he averaged approximately eight home runs a year. When Ruth was sold to the Yankees, Ruth, Ruth was sold to the Yankees, he would only pitch twice for them, and they used him for his power-hitting prowess. Therefore, Colin Coward's conclusion was that even right now, in his very young career as a major leaguer, Shohei Otani is, a be- is better than Babe Ruth due to the fact that he is a starting pitcher and an everyday player when not pitching. Cooper, your thoughts on Colin Coward's conclusion. I mean, you can't really, I don't know, the old school fan of me wants to say, hey, if if guys back then had the technology that they have now, mm-hmm. Babe Ruth would still be a better player. Possibly. 
I just and the dietary regimen and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. I kind of get his premise though, because he's saying that Ruth was mostly a pitcher when he was a member of the Red Sox. He wasn't known for really, even though he would hit glorious home runs, like he said, he averaged about roughly eight a year, because he was mostly a pitcher. He didn't very often play the field, but then when he became a Yankee, he was mostly playing the field and hitting, not really being yeah. um, a pitcher, only being used twice as a pitcher as a member of the Yankees. And then Shohei now is a starting pitcher for the Angels. And then when he's not pitching, he is out on the out in the field and getting hits. So I kind of see where he's going with that. Um, obviously, it really comes down, though, to decisions because could the Red Sox have played Ruth more often in the field? They could have. Could the Yankees have had him be pitcher more often? They could have. So it, maybe Ruth is this, is... this is like the argument between like LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Who's the better player? Well, that's a little hard because they're not so separated by time. We're talking about the 90s to the tw- 20s, 2010s. The even now, even now the game's a lot different than it was true. back then. So. True, but we're talking... Com- Completely different eras when it yes, comes to baseball. Completely different. So, I mean, I mean that's why it's not really a fair. Uh, it's not really a fair statement, I guess, because you know Ruth don't have all the. He didn't have all the technology and the training that these guys have nowadays. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll put it out on the poll and let the fans tell us who they think is better, Ruth or Shohei. I say Ruth. I'm going to have to still say Ruth right now, but Shohei has a chance. He has a chance, but I still say that if them players back then got the training and the workout regimen, all that that they have now, yeah, then they would be better players than... Plus, they also would be baseball specialists because a lot of them, baseball was just a fun thing to do in the summer. Yeah. They would go home and do real jobs. After the, after the season. So. Which is one of the other points he did bring up that, you know, a lot of these guys were playing baseball as just something to do, and then they would go back to regular jobs after the season. Exactly. Whereas Shohei's life is baseball. All right, well, when it comes to a career. I'm saying yeah. it's not his whole life, but, you know, his career is baseball. It might as well be your life if you're in the MLB, dude. Yeah, well, any of the major leagues that you ever are in as an athlete, that is basically your life and oh, your yeah. livelihood. All right, so an interesting thing happened this week. A bases-clearing infield hit? Yes, that's actually what happened today in the Mets-Pirates game in the first inning. In the bottom half of the first inning, a nearly... And already up 3 nothing, the Pirates had bases loaded and looking to blow open the game. Kevin Newman was the batter and hit a dribbler up the third baseline. Mets pitcher Tawan Walker runs up on the ball that just curled back and touched the foul line after it was hit um, hit away at, touched the foul, hits the ball away believing he had made it a foul ball. But the ball had rolled back, started foul, rolled back just touching the foul line, and he knocked it away. So however, home plate umpire... Saw the ball touching the foul line, and since Walker knocked the ball away, declared it in play still. Third base coach for the Pirates saw the call and waved everyone around home. Uh, Newman stayed on second base. Good news for the Mets, though. They would not give up another run, score seven runs themselves, and end up winning the ball game. Though Mets manager Rojas was ejected for arguing and bumping into the home plate umpire after the call. (laughs) The Cooper 
I saw this replay, and I keep watching it, and you can to get the angle. You first, you don't really see it on the um on the normal camera, film, but they do another one, and you can just see it. Bare, it's barely there, barely there. And Tawan Walker, man, made a huge mistake, bro. But dang, a little dribbler clears the bases. Wow, dude, that's just crazy. <laughs> and I got to give the guy on first base hu- credit for hustling around the around. Yeah, that's that's like some MLB the show stuff, man. <clears throat> right? I mean, that's that's just you never know what's going to happen, man. That's what's cool about it. That reminds me of the uh, the Babe Ruth movie that starred John Goodman, where they had the the uh, infamous um, home run that he hit, an infield home run. Yeah, a lot of people say it never happened, but the movie went ahead and added it anyways, just for because it's fun. He hits a fly ball so high they lose it in the sun, can't see it, and Ruth is just chugging around the bases. And by the time it lands, he's already t- getting ready to touch on play because he hit it so high and it lands fair in pl- field of play. So, <laughs> just yeah, that's just crazy, dude. You never know what's gonna happen with it. And, uh, yeah, and uh, this was. Pretty awesome, bro. It was. It was fun to watch. Um, great, great thing uh, to, to witness. We'll probably never see anything like this again in our lives. Just made for um, fun and entertaining baseball. All right. In their first game back uh, from the All-Star break, the San Diego Padres brought the whooping stick to D.C. as they rolled the Nationals 24-8. to Huh? Yeah. The Padres would score three in the first, seven in the second, one in the third, fourth, and fifth. Six in the sixth, four in the eighth, and one in the ninth. Only in the seventh inning did they not score. Second baseman Jake Cronworth would hit for the cycle for the Padres. A refresher, a cycle is getting a single, double, triple, and a home run. The Padres would also get home runs from Myers, who hit two, Pham, and Mateo. Cooper, what do you think of the football score that... Where the (laughs) hell are your pitchers at? Washington, did you leave them in... Like... Did you leave him in Colorado for the All Star? Like, what break? the hell is going on here? <clears throat> I mean, that's that's crazy, dude. Again, MLB the show status showing I mean, up. I understand when bats are hot, they're hot, but that's that's like crazy hot. Yeah, and you're getting a that's a, like rookie status, right? On MLB the show, on MLB the show, and yeah. especially when you wouldn't really expect power hitting from a second baseman. It's not very often you get a power right. hitting second baseman, um, and Cronenworth doing that is pretty cool. Because hey, man, hitting for the cycle is amazing feat, and it's a lot of running because you got to hustle down to first. If it depending on the type of single you get, you got to really hustle into second. You super got to hustle into third. To try to get a triple out of anything, yeah. um, <clears throat> I've seen. I'm not. I've never been to Nationals um, Park, but I've seen the layout, and he probably got one of those lucky bounces where, like, ricocheted off the wall just at the right angle and took off on the outfielder, and then his just hustle probably got him around the third, which is easily to get a triple in that case, um, depending on the ballpark. Where, or if you get lucky and you play somewhere like in at Pet, I could have seen him do it at Petco. They have that one gap, I believe it's um, in between center and right field, where it's really deep out there. If So if he hit it out, if he would have done that at Petco, that's where I would have yeah. thought he would have hit it. Because if you get it by the outfielders out there and into that, tri- they call it the triangle, that's hard not to get a triple out of that. If you're The only way you're not getting a triple is if you're a big guy 
close to my size because you just can't run. <laughs> then there's that, right? Yeah. And I've seen that happen too, where guys try to hustle in the third in the when they hit it out to that triangle and don't su- succeed because they're a little too slow like me. <laughs> All right, man. So you ready to switch from the diamond to the hardwood? Let's do it, brother. So the Milwaukee Bucks are on the verge of the NBA championship as they are now up three to two in the series against the Suns. After the Suns faded down the stretch in Game Four, the Bucks took advantage to even the series. In Game Five, it, game five it appeared the return home would light a fire under the Suns. As they jumped all over the Bucks and led 39-21 after the first quarter, the Bucks would outscore the Suns 102-82 the rest of the way as Giannis dropped 32 points and was aided by 29 points from Chris Middleton and 27 points from Drew Holiday. Pat Connington also pitched in with 14 off the bench. The Suns, on the other hand, got a combined 81 points from their big three of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. However, the rest of the team only managed 38 points. The Suns need to figure something out as they are on the verge of losing this series tomorrow night. Boy, boy, dude. Bad, bad, bad. So we went from the Suns looking like easily the champions of this series to now on the verge of being... It makes you wonder, dude. It really makes you wonder. Is it is it played out that way, maybe? I mean... I don't know. Uh, just to push the series a little bit because more TV revenue, more money. I mean, I mean, yeah, but still. some of these games might be thrown a little bit. But why would you throw game five, though? Because you know you're going back to Milwaukee. You'd rather be up 3-2 in Milwaukee because then you could throw game six, come back home, and then really decide in game seven. Because now you're going to have to hope if it's <sighs> that way. Milwaukee now needs to throw game six at home, which yeah. would be really crappy. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But uh, Paul's been not looking good in these last few games. Drew Holiday's been playing great defense on him. Um, this has been the best offensive output by Drew Holiday so far this series. But his defense on Chris Lights Paul out. has been phenomenal. He's, he's wearing Paul out because he's bigger than Paul. He's just leaning on him, wearing him down. Uh, Paul's had terrible games. Game four, he only had ten points and almost half half. Well, he did have half of that amount in turnovers with five turnovers. Um, Booker's doing all he can, but when he's not getting the help from Paul, I'm kind of thinking I would like to see what they should probably do. I mean, it's basically win or go home now, anyways. Or win, you need to win and come home, or yeah. it's, or it's over, anyways. So oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing maybe. Benching Paul for the start of this game, seeing how a lineup plays out of DeAndre Ayton at the five, Jay Crowder at the four, Bridges at the three, so basically your normal front court, bringing in Cam Johnson to start and letting Booker run the point. That way you have big guys taking on big guys. I think that might be a, a better way to kind of go about it. At this point. Plus, you wear him down a little bit, bring him in in the middle of the game. Yeah, bring Paul in and then let him kind of run it. Yeah, as long as they don't get blown out in the first half or whatever. Well, I mean, you can still bring him off the bench. Try one like when Drew sits, maybe then bring in Paul. Yeah. Something like that. Then you could still leave Booker. Booker can still get his normal minutes if you didn't bring out Cam Johnson, bring back in Paul. And then move Booker back to the um, two and let him do that. Because Booker can run the point. He ran point before Paul got there for the most part. And then, you know, uh, when uh, Paul went 
was out for those first two games against the Clippers, Paul, I mean, Booker basically ran the point during uh, the Western Conference Finals when uh, Paul was, Chris Paul was out, so. Yeah, man, I mean, it, they're going to have to figure something out, dude. Yeah, they definitely have to. So this is over. This is going to be over tomorrow night if they don't do something. And Giannis is beasting right now. I don't know what to think of this. I mean, I liked Giannis. I thought he's talented. But all of a sudden, now that he's in the finals, he's like turned it up another notch that I didn't know he had. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, do you think he's trying to show everybody why he was MVP? Yeah, because so, uh, yeah. this was his first year where he was not MVP. Yeah. And now he wants to prove why he was MVP for back-to-back years. But, whew, that's crazy, man. I just, I'm just in here like, uh, what? Wait, wait, can we, can we get that again? <laughs> right. What happened? We were at what, one what, point. What happened? We're at one point we're thinking Giannis may have been done for the year and possibly even next. Turned out to be a hyperextension of his knee. Comes back and in this finals have basically been what's carried the team. And of course now. Now that he's getting help from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, oof, this is going to get ugly. This could get ugly tomorrow night. We'll oh, see yeah. what happens. Um, the Suns got to try to f- come up with something. Definitely going to be interesting, dude. Uh, I hope the Suns can, you know, at least push it one more, one more game. But if Chris Paul doesn't show up, then. Uh, Say goodbye to your chances, Phoenix. Yeah, if we depends on which Chris Paul shows up, is really going to be determining what happens. Are we going to get? Are we going to get? Are we going to get uh, the? Oh, was it? Is it State Farm or Allstate? State Farm. State Farm. State Farm. Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get the Alfonso Ribeiro. Alfonso, Chris Paul. Yes. Which Chris Paul are we going to get? I'm the new Chris Paul. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, that was, those are those were funny. Those are great, dude. Yeah. Or are we gonna get Cliff Paul, <laughs> his identical cousin with a mustache, which was weird because it looks like a Steve Harvey mustache, which is even creepier. <laughs> like, dude, you don't need to wear this. Don't do that no more. Just stop. Um, so it's gonna be definitely interesting to see what happens the rest of this series. So we'll be back tomorrow with NASCAR talk and a little bit of football talk. Your team made an interesting move in the free agency market. We'll talk about that tomorrow. It's going to be fun, dude. It will. And, of course, we'll get to talk about how much tighter the grip on Hamlin's or, yeah, his uh, chances are making the playoffs just got a little bit more shrunk this weekend as the results in New Hampshire. Hmm. Yeah, Hamlin might be in trouble. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, man. No shake and bake. Uh, yeah, we'll shake and bake tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically it. We'll figure out something else for it to go with tomorrow. Uh, of course, be sure to tune in uh, Thursday. We got, of course, the Open Championship to discuss for Worldwide Sports Talk. Uh, the Olympics opening ceremony. I think we're just a few days away, so we'll talk about what's going on there. And if we got any COVID updates... Actually, we kind of do with that. Um, basically, everybody so far that's shown up has had COVID. So I'm kind of interested to find out how that's working. Because how do you just show up and have COVID? 
We'll find out, I guess. We'll talk about that on Thursday. What? Yeah, almost everybody that's already showing up has COVID. Oh, come on, man. Are you, are you kidding me? No, that's what the article... Oh, I'm sure. That's what the article says. That way, that way... First every, arrivals... Everybody else can forfeit. They just, you know... Home Japan shit. wins all the golds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how they win it. Oh, that would be weird and funny. That would be up. fake as hell is what it would be. There's that. And then, of course, we'll be back with Wrestling Talk as we talk about the amazing, the epic money in the bank. Yes, baby. Some big names showed up and some big things happened. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, can't wait to check this out, dude. Yes, sir. I'm so looking forward to that. And of course, we'll be back next Sunday or Monday, depending on what's going on, with more baseball, basketball talk as we'll be talking the new NBA champions. Oh, yes. It's going to be awesome, dude. Right? And, of course, another great week of Major League Baseball. And any news. Because we're getting next closer to the trade deadline. Next week will be actually... We're actually about... This week will be eight days away. So, when we come back on the air, either Sunday or Monday, depending on how things go, we'll be roughly about five days away from the trade deadline. Wow. Cool, dude. We'll be talking about the... It's always... This is a good time of the year because you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to get traded. What's... Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of, you know, things are going to happen this time of year. So it, all, it always makes it interesting. And what's good, too, is we'll also be getting ready for the uh, off season with the NBA. So we'll be talking potential free agent moves, trades, and, of course, the NBA draft. Looking forward to it. I'm so excited. And then, also, good news, football fans. We're not too far out from training camp. Yes. Oh, yeah, baby. Yes. Because we're going to be covering all of it. Yes. And we'll be starting with his team and the Dallas Cowboys, who kick off the Hall of Fame game. Oh, yes. For the preseason, baby. Oh, yeah. So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.